Welcome to Daily Audio Bible Chronological. I'm Jill. Today is the 21st day of February. Welcome, everybody. We are uh, slowly or quickly, depending on how your month is going, uh, rind, scratch that, winding our way down through this month. And here in Middle Tennessee, we are still in the thick of winter, and it starts getting winter blah-ish, just kind of black. And I think it's important for us to remember that the sun will come out again and seasons will change even when the days feel so long and the darkness settles in. I mean, this could be literal and figurative no matter who you are and where you are in life, but it's coming. Just hold on, endure a little longer. We are still in the book of Leviticus now, reading chapters 24 and 25. And this week, we're in the New Living Translation, Leviticus chapter 24. The Lord said to Moses, Command the people of Israel to bring you pure oil of pressed olives for the light, to keep the lamps burning continually. This is the lampstand that stands in the tabernacle in front of the inner curtain that shields the Ark of the Covenant. Aaron must keep the lamps burning in the Lord's presence all night. This is a permanent law for you, and it must be observed from generation to generation. Aaron and the priests must tend the lamps on the pure gold lampstand continually in the Lord's presence. You must bake 12 flat loaves of bread from choice flour using four quarts of flour for each loaf. Place the bread before the Lord on the pure gold table and arrange the loaves in two stacks with six loaves in each stack. Put some pure frankincense near each stack to serve as a representative offering, a special gift presented to the Lord. Every Sabbath day, this bread must be laid out before the Lord as a gift from the Israelites. It is an ongoing expression of the eternal covenant. The loaves of bread will belong to Aaron and his descendants, who must eat them in a sacred place, for they are most holy. It is the permanent right of the priests to claim this portion of the special gifts presented to the Lord. One day a man who had an Israelite mother and an Egyptian father came out of his tent and got into a fight with one of the Israelite men. During the fight, this son of an Israelite woman blasphemed the name of the Lord with a curse, so the man was brought to Moses for judgment. His mother was Shelemith, the daughter of Debri of the tribe of Dan. They kept the man in custody until the Lord's will in the matter should become clear to them. Then the Lord said to Moses, Take the blasphemer outside the camp and tell all those who heard the curse to lay their hands on his head. Then let the entire community stone him to death. Say to the people of Israel, Those who curse their God will be punished for their sin. Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord must be stoned to death by the whole community of Israel. Any native-born Israelite or foreigner among you who blasphemes the name of the Lord must be put to death. Anyone who takes another person's life must be put to death. Anyone who kills another person's animal must pay for it in full. A live animal for the animal that was killed. Anyone who injures another person must be dealt with according to the injury inflicted. A fracture for a fracture, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Whatever anyone does to injure another person must be paid back in kind. Whoever kills an animal must pay for it in full. 
but whoever kills another person must be put to death. This same standard applies both to native-born Israelites and to the foreigners living among you. I am the Lord your God. After Moses gave all these instructions to the Israelites, they took the blasphemer outside the camp and stoned him to death. The Israelites did just as the Lord had commanded Moses. While Moses was on Mount Sinai, the Lord said to him, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. When you have entered the land I am giving you, the land itself must observe a Sabbath rest before the Lord every seventh year. For six years you may plant your fields and prune your vineyards and harvest your crops, but during the seventh year the land must have a Sabbath year of complete rest. It is the Lord's Sabbath. Do not plant your fields or prune your vineyards during that year. And don't store away the crops that grow on their own or gather the grapes from your unpruned vines. The land must have a year of complete rest, but you may eat whatever the land produces on its own during its Sabbath. This applies to you, your male and female servants, your hired workers, and the temporary residents who live with you. Your livestock and the wild animals in your land will also be allowed to eat what the land produces. In addition, you must count off seven Sabbath years, seven sets of seven years, adding up to 49 years in all. Then on the Day of Atonement in the 50th year, blow the ram's horn loud and long throughout the land. Set this year apart as holy, a time to proclaim freedom throughout the land for all who live there. It will be a jubilee year for you, when each of you may return to the land that belonged to your ancestors and return to your own clan. This 50th year will be a jubilee for you. During that year, you must not plant your fields or store away any of the crops that grow on their own and don't gather the grapes from your unpruned vines. It will be a jubilee year for you and you must keep it holy, but you may eat whatever the land produces on its own. In the year of jubilee, each of you may return to the land that belonged to your ancestors. When you make an agreement with your neighbor to buy or sell property, you must not take advantage of each other. When you buy land from your neighbor, the price you pay must be based on the number of years since the last jubilee. The seller must sell the price by taking into account the number of years remaining until the next year of jubilee. The more years until the next jubilee, the higher the price, the fewer years, the lower the price. After all, the person selling the land is actually selling you a certain number of harvests. Show your fear of God by not taking advantage of each other. I am the Lord your God. If you want to live securely in the land, follow my decrees and obey my regulations. Then the land will yield large crops and you will eat your fill and live securely in it. But you might ask, what will we eat during the seventh year since we are not allowed to plant or harvest crops that year? Be assured that I will send my blessing for you in the sixth year so the land will produce a crop large enough for three years. When you plant your fields in the eighth year, you will still be eating from the large crop of the sixth year. In fact, you will still be eating from that large crop when the new crop is harvested in the ninth year. The land must never be sold on a permanent basis, for the land belongs to me. You are only foreigners and tenant farmers working for me. With every purchase of land, you must grant the seller the right to buy it back. If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and is forced to sell some family land, then a close relative should buy it back for him. If there is no close relative to buy the land, but the person who sold it gets enough money to buy it back, 
He then has the right to redeem it from the one who bought it. The price of the land will be discounted according to the number of years until the next year of Jubilee. In this way, the original owner can then return to the land. But if the original owner cannot afford to buy back the land, it will remain with the new owner until the next year of Jubilee. In the Jubilee year, the land must be returned to the original owners so they can return to their family land. Anyone who sells a house inside a walled town has the right to buy it back, but if it is not bought back within a year, the sale of the house within the walled town cannot be reversed. It will become the permanent property of the buyer. It will not be returned to the original owner in the year of Jubilee. But a house in a village, a settlement without fortified walls, will be treated like property in the countryside. Such a house may be bought back at any time, and it must be returned to the original owner in the year of Jubilee. The Levites always have the right to buy back a house they have sold within the towns allotted to them. And any property that is sold by the Levites, all houses within the Levitical towns, must be returned in the year of Jubilee. After all, the houses in the towns reserved for the Levites are the only property they own in all Israel. The open pasture land around the Levitical towns may never be sold. It is their permanent possession. If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and cannot support himself, support him as you would a foreigner or a temporary resident and allow him to live with you. Do not charge interest or make a profit at his expense. Instead, show your fear of God by letting him live with you as your relative. Remember, do not charge interest on money you lend him or make a profit on food you sell him. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. If one of your fellow Israelites falls into poverty and is forced to sell himself to you, do not treat him as a slave. Treat him instead as a hired worker or as a temporary resident who lives with you, and he will serve you only until the year of Jubilee. At that time, he and his children will no longer be obligated to you and they will return to their clans and go back to the land originally allotted to their ancestors. The people of Israel are my servants, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt, so they must never be sold as slaves. Show your fear of God by not treating them harshly. However, you may purchase male and female slaves from among the nations around you. You may also purchase the children of temporary residents who live among you, including those who have been born in your land. You may treat them as your property, passing them on to your children as a permanent inheritance. You may treat them as slaves, but you must never treat your fellow Israelites this way. Suppose a foreigner or temporary resident becomes rich while living among you. If any of your fellow Israelites fall into poverty and are forced to sell themselves to such a foreigner or to a member of his family, they still retain the right to be bought back even after they have been purchased. They may be bought back by a brother, an uncle, or a cousin. In fact, anyone from the extended family may buy them back. They may also redeem themselves if they have prospered. They will negotiate the price of their freedom with the person who bought them. The price will be based on the number of years from the time they were sold until the next year of Jubilee, whatever it would cost to hire a worker for that period of time. If many years still remain until the Jubilee, they will repay the proper proportion of what they received when they sold themselves. 
If only a few years remain until the year of Jubilee, they will repay a small amount for their redemption. The foreigner must treat them as workers hired on a yearly basis. You must not allow a foreigner to treat any of your fellow Israelites harshly. If any Israelites have not been bought back by the time of the year of Jubilee arrives, they and their children must be set free at that time. For the people of Israel belong to me. They are my servants, whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. I'm going to read just from the God of your story today to catch us up in our reading. Page 57, for those of you following along. Today, as the Mosaic Law continued to be revealed, we learned of pure oil, holy bread, the Sabbath year, and the year of Jubilee that was to be observed every 50th year, setting free anyone who had become enslaved. The Jubilee year is a beautiful illustration. No difficulty lasts forever. All will one day be restored completely. Maybe it could be said that this portion of the Levitical law that we're reading sets the people up long-term on how to care for one another. So we live in Middle Tennessee, and I've learned in the South that the culture is just very different than what it was growing up in the North. Down here in the South, we have things called homecomings, and these are families that have moved on beyond the places that they grew up, and they'll come back together once a year and have a homecoming. And they have a meal together, and they usually sing songs together. And it's really a time of remembering what was old stories told and reminiscing. It's interesting that some of these rituals that are in our lives may be carried on from generation to generation to generation. So we see the establishment of festivals and rituals and year of jubilee for instance and if we really zoom out we can see that it's safe to say that there is more to the story going on which is generally speaking usually the case we'll pause here for today and turn the page together tomorrow jesus we thank you for this time together in your word we thank you for the sweet reminder of remembering to see an establishment of a community to care for one another. I pray that we would begin to see where we in our own lives can begin to care for one another, those that are in our reach, those that we are capable of. I pray that you would give us hearts that are not closed off to anyone in need, that we wouldn't question their circumstance. We would just care for one another in a way that we would care for our very own. Help us. Guide us and lead us into all truth, I pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Daily Audio Bible. That is home base. That's the website. Take a look around if you haven't. That's also the free app you can download if you would like to partner with us here at the DAB. Thank you so much to each and every one of you for each and every partnership. We could not do this without you. If you're giving by mail, DAB PO Box 1996, Spring Hill, Tennessee 37174, or utilizing that mobile app, hit the give icon up at the top right hand corner. If you need prayer, 
If you'd like to pray for someone that's previously called in several different ways for you to do so, you do not have to go through life alone. And sometimes that is half the battle, just knowing someone is there and that they care. There are people here and there are people that care. 800-583-2164 is the number for chronological. Or once again, utilizing that mobile app, hit the red circle button. Located at the top right-hand corner, you have two minutes on the prayer line. Hit submit, turn the wheel to chronological, and it will get to the right place. That's going to do it for me today. I'm Jill. It's my privilege and an honor to be here with you and to be a part of your day. Until tomorrow, love one another. Good morning. It's Heather in Santa Barbara. How are you? So I've been unhoused for the last, I don't know, while now, good while. And I had it on my heart to live someplace else that was less expensive than California. And no matter what I tried, no matter what I did, no matter where I went, um, no matter what I did, everything I touched with my own hands turned to nothing. Isaiah 49, 1 through 17 has been very powerful for me. I have always been like President's Club and now I have like negative money, no home. I had to sell everything. Everything is in my car. And I followed up on several leads where other states and other jobs, like even as far as Utah and nothing. Every single thing, every single lead that I followed up on humbly followed up on came to nothing like the night before or the day of, just the door slammed shut. And my relationship with God is so much stronger. It's not the same relationship. It is a beautiful, beautiful faith building relationship with Him. I'm so thankful for you guys. I have to say that this my. My story is an original manuscript that I'm stewarding, and it's humbling to be the one that gets to steward such a miraculous story. The fact that I'm even still here and the fact that I have a roof over my head now. I had it on my heart to become a property manager to put a roof over our heads, and that happened. And it's a beautiful home, even better than the one that I had before. And I'm interviewing for a job on the 21st. So please pray with me that I will um, steward this story well. Love you guys. Thank you. Hello, my Debsy family, my sweet siblings. I'd like to say a prayer for um, his search unknown. Um, I want to say a prayer for your brother, my sister. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I come before you. Lord, you know how to show yourself strong, dear God, in your people's life. Father, I pray for Matthew. Father, his sister is crying out to you, dear God. He needs help financially. He needs help emotionally, dear God, and spiritually, dear God. I ask you, Father, that you show yourself strong in this family, dear God. They've been going through so much, dear Lord. I ask you in Jesus' name that you please give her peace, dear God, that peace that surpasses all understanding. Help her, dear God. We all, we will cast out unto you 
all her cares, dear Lord, for you care for her and her brother, dear God, and the family, dear Father. You know every detail. You know, dear God, that you care so much for them, dear Lord. You know how to do things the way you know how, Father. In Jesus' name, please be with them, dear Lord. And uh, open doors, dear God, the man can never shut, dear Lord. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you, my my dear sister. Um, thanks for calling. Your first caller, welcome. Keep calling, okay? Let us know how your brother is doing. It's gonna be okay. God bless you. A big hug. Good morning, DAB Bible. Chronological. I just wanna say thank you, God, for uh, this platform, and God, I just wanna. Thank you for all those who call in and all those who ask for prayer and all those who pray for those who have asked. This is uh, BB from the Northeast. And at this time, God, uh, I want to bring my sister-in-law, Karen, who is uh, struggling with COVID pneumonia at this point in time in life. And God, I just really want to bring her before those who pray for the sick. And God, I lay her at uh, at your feet. And Lord, I just pray that those who hear this message will pray for her. And God, that you'll sustain her life and you'll strengthen her. And God, she will grow closer to you during this time. But, and God, we do just wanna thank you that you give us this, you give us prayer, God, and you, and you give us your word that comforts us as we pray and we have the ability to ask. And God, we know you're the healer of all life. And Lord, we just wanna thank you. And at this time, I again, I bring her to you. And all those who are sick, God, and those who are struggling with life issues, God, this seems so overwhelming. God, help us to always remember Joseph and the life that he lived and how you used his life to bless many. God, again, I thank you for this platform. I thank you for all those, again, who pray and call in. God, I just again just pray you bless and keep us close to you as we pray and we trust in you. Hey, it's Tammy, um, Grin Life in Texas. And I have called in a couple of times about my kiddos. Um, we adopted five teenagers. They're all now in their young 20s um, from Ukraine when we were missionaries back in the day. And I have let you guys know about Victor. Victor's my oldest and he is still searching for a job, but we've had so many interviews, so many applications. I've lost count everywhere in our city. And, um, just still hoping, um, being faithful in hope, joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer that God will provide for him. But it is, it is getting discouraging. And I just um, wanted to <laughs> ask again. I mean, I, we're going on a year now looking. And of course, we thought he would find something quickly so we didn't have him apply for unemployment. And so he missed out on that. So it's been really rough. And um, I just heard um, another lady talking about, I think her husband, Philip, is also looking for a job. And I'm sure there's there's people out there, um, maybe you haven't called in, but just, just work, career, 
you know, making ends meet. God is our provider. He will provide for us. And I am just, um, I just want to join in with you guys in prayer and hope and faith that He will meet our needs. And um, I just have to keep believing <laughs> it's going to happen because uh, it's been a long road for Him. Um, he has his own house. He and his sister, my daughter, they they share the mortgage on a little house downtown. And it's getting to the point where we're going to have to um, take, you know, start paying for his portion. And so just, just please pray for Victor and for all of us that, um, you know, out there that need work. Thank you, Lord, for your provision. We trust in you and we look forward and in anticipation of how you're going to meet our needs. In Jesus' name, amen.